ever make a deal with somebody and you shook hands on it, you were all set, and then a short time later, they completely backed out of it and yeah. changed their mind? Or have you ever done that? Or have you done that, broken your word? Yeah. yeah. We're going to see that play out today. Exodus 8. Exodus 8. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. You want to get started, uh, yeah, Junior? I'll start. How many verses do we have here? 32, I think. 32. Okay. I say that because I want to toss it to you halfway through. So, all right. Verse eight, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go back to Pharaoh and announce to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me. I feel like we've read that a few times. Mm -hmm. If you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of frogs across your entire land. The Nile River will swarm with frogs. They will come out of the river and into your palace, even into your bedroom and onto your bed. They will enter the house of your officials and your people. They will even jump into your ovens and your, and your kneading bowls. Frogs will jump on you, your people, and all of your officials. Now, they worship frogs. Frogs uh, was one of their their gods. And so they're saying, you love frogs? All right, you're getting frogs. Yeah, yeah. And two, I wonder, too, if like Pharaoh's and the people are seeing this, they're like, why is the God of frogs so mad at us? I wonder yeah. if it's because <laughs> the the Israelites' God is, you know, is upset. And <laughs> who knows? All right, verse 5 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, raise the staff in your hand over all the rivers, canals, and ponds of Egypt and bring up the frogs all over the land. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the whole land. But the magicians were able to do the same thing with their magic. They too caused frogs to come up on the land of Egypt. Now, we, we talked about this yesterday about how the magicians, we don't know if it's demonic or if it's trickery. Um, personally, I believe it is demonic. Um, but we don't see them heal. We actually just see them kind of what do you call it? Counterfeit. Yeah. And they, yeah, they're just copying and yeah. they're not able to do away with what God has done. Yeah. So they did not lift their, their staffs or, you know, whatever, and get rid of the frogs. Yeah. And you see that with the enemy, Satan does this all the time. He's constantly counterfeiting God. Um, and that's actually a theme throughout scripture, constantly counterfeiting. In fact, in Revelation, we see him try to counterfeit the Trinity with the Antichrist and mm -hmm. himself and the drag, all of that. Yep. And so this is just counterfeiting. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and begged, plead with the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. So he doesn't say it to magicians because he knows he can't do it. Mm -hmm. But he thinks, uh, oh, maybe Yahweh can. I will let your people go so they can offer sacrifices to the Lord. So there's the deal. There's the deal. You set the time, Moses replied. Tell me when you want me to pray for you, your officials and your people. Then you and your houses will be rid will be rid of the frogs. They will remain only in the Nile River. Do it tomorrow, Pharaoh said. All right, Moses replied. It will be as you have said. And then you will know that there is no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses, your officials and your people. They remain only in the Nile River. So Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh's palace and Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs he had inflicted on Pharaoh. The Lord did just as Moses had predicted. The frogs in the house, the houses, the courtyards, and the fields all died. The Egyptians piled them into great heaps, and a terrible stench filled the land. Wow. But when Pharaoh saw that the relief had come, he became stubborn. He refused to listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had predicted. Yeah, it's amazing how the mindset changes when things get better. Yeah. And it, it actually... You know, it, those who work with people who have addictive behaviors and particularly any kind of a alcohol or substance abuse, that you can often tell when the person is about to go back into their addiction. 
And you can often tell just by the attitude that they have when they start to get a little cocky and like, Hey, they got a handle on this. I got this. Right. You just know they're the fall is right around the corner. Yeah. Probably and, comes before the fall. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And this is what happens to Pharaoh here is yeah. When he's desperate he wants help, help me, help me, help me. But yeah. then when things are going well, which is that, you know, we all have a bit of that difficulty. We don't cry yeah. out to the Lord when things are going well on the surface in our yeah. lives. Right. You want to take it from there? Yep. So the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, raise your staff and strike the ground. The dust will turn into swarms of gnats throughout the land of Egypt, something else that they worshiped, <laughs> uh, the, um, the ground itself. So Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had com- commanded them. When Aaron raised his hand and struck the ground with his staff, gnats infested the entire land, covering the Egyptians and their animals. All the dust in the land of Egypt turned to gnats. Oh my, can you imagine this? Pharaoh's magicians tried to do the same thing with their secret arts, but this time they failed. And the gnats covered everyone, people and animals alike. This is the finger of God, the magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart remained hard. He wouldn't listen to them just as the Lord had predicted. You know what that reminds me of? Because it's like, I remember being a kid and just thinking like gnats, whatever. Like, it's not like they bite. And mm. then if you ever go up to camp, up yeah. to the woods in, what is it, like late July. Yeah. There's like a few weeks there where there's, they call them hair bees. Yeah. They just like buzz around your head. Oh, I've smacked myself so many times trying to kill those things. Yeah. And there are some places where they have these little tiny, well, they're gnats. They call them noceums, which are essentially like such tiny little mosquitoes. And obviously the bite doesn't hurt, but when you get a swarm of those swarming around you, yeah, yeah. oh, it'll, it'll drive you crazy. Yep. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning and stand in Pharaoh's way as he goes down to the river and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so they can worship me, which that's what we see time and again. Let them go so that they may worship me. Why does God give us freedom? What's the purpose for this? Why does he want his people to have their freedom so that he could have his people, they could enjoy him, he could enjoy them, and they would worship him? Yeah, but what what actually plays out, as we'll see as this book unfolds, is you know the book, the people, Pharaoh lets the people go. Spoiler alert, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then they go and complain. They've all seen Joseph and his Technicolor. Yeah, right. so <laughs> but they go, then they just go and complain. Yeah. And, and that's often what we do with our freedom is mm-hmm. instead of using our freedom and, and worshiping God, we, we tend to complain. Which murmuring or whining or complaining is the exact opposite of worship. Yeah. All right. But uh, anyway, the Egyptian homes will be filled with flies. If you, if you refuse, I will send swarms of flies, your officials, your people, and all their houses. The Egyptian homes will be filled with flies and the ground will be covered with them. Again, that's something that I would hate. But this time I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. And the Lord did just as he said. A thick swarm of flies filled Pharaoh's palace and the houses of his officials. The whole land of Egypt was thrown into chaos by the flies. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron. All right, go ahead and offer sacrifices to your God, he said, but do it there in this land. But Moses replied, that wouldn't be right. The Egyptians detest the sacrifices that we offer to the Lord our God. Look, if we offer our sacrifices here where the Egyptians can see us, they will stone us. We must take a three-day trip into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, just as he has commanded us. And I always wondered, you know, why were they just asking for three days? Well, because God knew that he wouldn't give them three days. And um, so he continues on with this. It's also a cushion as well, right? If they're, you know, three days out, you know, and they do take off, you got three days ahead. Yep. 
All right, go ahead. Verse 28, Pharaoh replied, I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God, but don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. Moses replied, as soon as I leave, I will pray to the Lord. And tomorrow the swarm of flies will disappear from you and your officials and to all your people. But I'm warning you, Pharaoh, don't lie to us again and refuse to let the, the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly remained. But Pharaoh again became stubborn and refused to let the people go. Well, that takes us to the end of the chapter, and there's more flags coming. Plagues, <laughs> flags. <laughs> there's more plagues coming, and we'll get to uh, get to that, of course, tomorrow. But let's uh, let's get over to Proverbs. Yeah, Proverbs chapter seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. Again, problem. there's a lot of a lot of little wisdom stuff in here, all over the place. Yeah. Did you pick one out? Yeah, I I I think verse three is just a just a great verse. It says fire tests the purity of silver and gold. Actually, which it's interesting, the process that the purification of silver and gold in the ancient world, what it was, it was a it was a heating, turning the precious metal into molten metal, skimming off the impurities off the top, letting it cool, and then reheating again, which would once again release any impurities that hadn't been released in the last time. And they do this several times until what you know the metallurgist would want would be looking for his own reflection in that metal. And that was the process of purification. In the New Testament, actually, the Greek word for this is sanctification. Same word, purification, sanctification. And so the process that we become more like Jesus is purification. But what it takes for that to happen, it takes heat. It Mm -hmm. takes difficulty. And we know that our lives are all about heating and cooling, ups and downs, that no life is all a mountaintop experience and no life is all a valley that there's that process of heating and cooling, heating and cooling. And God's intention is to take us through that purification process here. And he continues, he says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. And he's active in your life right now. He's active right now, wanting to purify your heart. And where is it? What are the impurities that he is working at removing? Yeah, and I certainly hope don't, or I hope this is not prophetic, but, you likely will hit a point today where it's just a valley and it's things mm-hmm. are just going to kind of heat up some frustration, maybe on a, on a work team or uh, marriage or relationship family. And this should be the verse that comes to our mind. This, this I need to respond. Well, yeah, it's good. All right. Well, it's October 17th. Special day today is, it's kind of weird. Forgive an X day. <laughs> So, well, forgive an ex. Actually, yeah, there are ex, a lot of people ex is that. Not, ex is not just uh, married ex now. No, ex-business partners. Yeah, yeah. It's ex-friends. I, you know, maybe it does sound silly, but Dad, you know this. We have people come in all the time that, that come in for counseling or talking through issues. And it's like they still hold on to that thing that happened in a relationship. A lot of resentment, yeah. You know, a decade ago, years ago. It's just they hold on to that. And maybe today's the day, as silly as it is, to just let that go, practice forgiveness. And the thing about forgiveness is a lot of times we have to do that daily. Yeah. You know, uh, something that I did myself uh, many, many years ago when I had to go through the process of forgiveness is I wrote out everything that was in my mind that I held against this person. Hmm. Wrote it all out. And then I ripped it up into tiny little pieces and flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. 
And we've done that in church. We used a, Not in a toilet. Um, you know, no, we <laughs> a shredder. <laughs> we, yeah, we had toilets all across the. Yeah. But no, we used paper shredders. Had a bunch of paper shredders up there, and people yeah. wrote down the name and. The and I didn't and, think, you know, I thought it was like, oh, this is kind of a cool like thing to do. The amount of tears, a lot of tears, to actually sit down and write it and shred it, and what that symbolically meant. Maybe that's something for you today. Yeah. All right. Well, make it a good day today. We'll see you tomorrow.